Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. The sports calendar is packed. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. So many sports right now. NBA, College Hoops, March Madness, PGA Tour, app is safe, secure, easy to use. They've got exclusive offers, boosts, all that stuff this month on FanDuel. And when you win, you get paid fast. So jump into the action. They have live betting. You can combine multiple bets, same game and a same game parlay. Try out same game parlay plus. Start making every moment more and download the FanDuel app today. 21 plus in select states. FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342, Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT Indiana 1-800-522-4700 visit ksgamblinghelp.com Kansas 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana call 1-800-327-5050 or visit www.ma underscore helpline.org slash problem gambling visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org Maryland 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW YORK or text HOPE-NEW YORK 467-369-NEW YORK 1-800-522-4700-WYOMING or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. So give me six or seven minutes on this. Um, I've spent this week overwhelmingly on one topic, uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. And I know at times it feels tedious, but, you know, I've something I've said probably 25 times in my 30 year career about my shows, radio or TV, is that you, the consumer, you, the listener, you drive the bus. So I'm able to because I'm on cable television to see every minute of my ratings every day. You can't do that on broadcast TV, but you can do it on cable. And I monitor it. And I monitor it for one reason. You tell me what you're bored with. You tell me what you're interested with. I think the height of arrogance as a broadcaster is pretending I know every day what's most interesting. So I follow you. And if I and this has happened to me multiple times uh, over my career that I've loved a topic, just thought it was absolutely wonderful and fascinating. And the next day I see my numbers and you didn't give a shit. And so I move off the topic. There are things that interest me far more than interest you. And and conversely, there are times I've touched on topics and I'm I'm really shocked by how much um, you care. So then it's my job to make calls, um, take better notes, figure out why you like it and talk about it. So in the Aaron Rodgers situation of the Jets, it's the combination of multiple things. The most popular sport in the country, the NFL, the most crucial position, quarterback, one gigantic, iconic brand, the Green Bay Packers, and the most polarizing quarterback in the most popular sport, Aaron Rodgers. So this week, I can watch my downloads. I can watch my cable ratings. I can. They've all been really, really good. So I'm going to spend another couple minutes on this. I listened to most of the 
comments, the clips from Aaron Rodgers on the YouTube Pat McAfee deal. And, you know, that's a friendly place for him to go every week. And I have no problem with that. I used to defend Arsenio Hall all the time when people would bang on Arsenio Hall. And they said, well, you know, people go on there. He asked puff, fluffy questions. And my takeaway is it's called the Arsenio Hall show. He can do whatever he wants. It's his show. You know, some people have said, well, McAfee's just it's a comfortable place for Aaron to go. And my takeaway is it's Pat's show. He's a punter. He's not a journalist. He can do anything he wants with it. I can do anything I want with my show. But I, I'm not a former professional athlete. I don't have a relationship with Aaron. So I'll, I'll defend any broadcaster. Um, this is not the New York Times. I'm in the opinion space. I've said before, I, I liked Aaron Rodgers more than Brett Favre. I think he's smarter. Uh, I think he's more thoughtful. Uh, he's a unique guy. Probably wouldn't be my kind of guy to hang out with. But that's okay. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great athletes. You know, Tom Brady doesn't have a beer during the season. I probably wouldn't hang out with him either. I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> I heard draft picks, by the way. Uh, Pilsner. But I do think the most shocking revelation to me is that Aaron Rodgers, after the retreat, said 90% going in, he was going to retire. And then he came out and was surprised the Packers moved off him. It's just remarkable to me that a guy that's that smart would lack any self-awareness. And I'll double down on this. When you're the center of your universe um, and you ghost people, Aaron has a history of ghosting people who say anything critical of him. You surround yourself with yes men. And nobody called him out on his shit. You know, my wife calls me out on mine. My kids do. I got friends that do. I have bosses that would. And so the Packers have never had an owner, right? They don't have an owner who calls him out in his stuff. If Green Bay had an owner, Aaron Rodgers would not take eight to nine weeks to make up his mind. If Jerry Jones or Stan Kroenke would call him up and say, pal, make a decision or we're moving on. So it looks like that's an advantage not having an owner, but I think it's a disadvantage. It's a disadvantage for Favre, who kept threatening retirement. It's a disadvantage for Aaron, who kept threatening retirement. And neither guy had anybody that would demand they give him an answer. And then Aaron's not married. You know, he didn't have anybody to call him on his crap like our wives do, right? And so I, I, I really do think, I call it the Green Bay quarterback syndrome. No owner, smallest city. You basically own the franchise. And I think ownership at its best is non-meddling, is highly supportive, but, but will hold coaches, star players accountable. That's Robert Kraft. Um, he said, no, we're not going to trade um, Tom Brady. We're moving off Jimmy Garoppolo. It was the right move. Brady still had Super Bowls with New England and Tampa left in the tank. And Garoppolo's a B quarterback. Some would say a C quarterback. Got to a Super Bowl, maybe a C plus. So I, I think the lack of ownership has really hurt Green Bay. Uh, the other thing is they've been overly frugal. An owner can sometimes step in and say, go get that free agent. Make, make it work. They don't have that. So in the end, sometimes in life, things you see as an advantage can be a real disadvantage. And it may feel like for Favre or Aaron Rodgers, it's such an advantage not having that hovering, meddling, powerful billionaire. But I think in both cases, Favre and Rodgers kind of took advantage of it, um, had leverage, manipulated, used it. And in the end, the franchise booted both. I do think Jordan Love can play. I don't think he's going to be great. If he was going to be great, if he was Mahomes or Burrow, 
they would have already moved off Aaron, not given him an extension. Didn't take very long. One training camp a month in September to figure out Mahomes was really good. Let's move off Alex Smith, who was a pro bowler and making the playoffs when they moved off him. I also don't think he's Zach Wilson uh, or EJ Manuel, where you know instantly it doesn't work. He's somewhere in between. My takeaway is if you look at who the Packers play next year and the quarterbacks they play on average in the NFC, they won eight games this year with Aaron. I think they're about an eight to nine win team next year with Jordan Love. Barring some injury, I do think they're going to get this deal done. I think they're going to get either a first round pick or a really good player from the New York Jets, but I don't see them capsizing at all. I do, however, find it absolutely remarkable that Aaron Rodgers was surprised when he came out of the darkness retreat, his words, not mine, and the Green Bay Packers had decided to move on. Wow. You could be pissed. That's different. You could be upset. Okay. You can't be surprised <laughs> for the second, third year in a row talking retirement. You can't be surprised. You're not allowed to be surprised as an adult with a functioning brain. You're not allowed to be surprised. Get off the bench. Bet the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel's giving new customers 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. Doesn't matter if your first bet is an air ball. You'll get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Okay, all on a top-rated sportsbook app at FanDuel that's safe, secure, easy to use. Don't miss out. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Colin, FanDuel.com slash Colin. Then place your first bet, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342, Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com, Kansas. 1-877-877. 770 stop louisiana call 1-800-327-5050 or visit www.ma underscore helpline.org slash problem gambling visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org maryland 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW YORK or text HOPE NEW YORK 467-369 NEW YORK 1-800-522-4700 WYOMING or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia All right, we bring in host of Open Mic, Mike Silver. He is he is a story-breaking maven, is what he is. Yeah. So Sam Darnold has a lot of Trey Lance qualities. Coachable, big athlete, mobile but not spectacularly fast, not a pretty thrower, not highly accurate, prone to some mistakes. Um, but good in the room, coachable, big physical athlete for a big physical team and and culture that's what it felt like to me it feels like trey lance and darnold are battling for the backup though am i too idealistic on this brock purdy thing i think kyle shanahan loves purdy i think he does yeah he does and it was settled it was over purdy was the guy it was they were good 
two, couldn't even touch his contract for the next two years. Couldn't even renegotiate till two years from now. Cheap deal, load up around him. Maybe Lance develops and you flip him. Maybe he's your backup, whatever. It was all good. And then if Brock Purdy had broken his leg in that game, nothing would have changed. Ah, tough break, man. We lost. Brock's the guy. He ripped out an important ligament in his throwing elbow. So, yes, it changed. Um, So, what they hope, and obviously, based on their behavior so far, what they hope is that six-month timeline is reasonable. And if not, maybe it's seven, maybe it's even eight. But eventually, the guy we get back is going to be the guy we had. He'll be able to throw it like he threw it before, and we're good to go. And if that happens, then what you said is absolutely right. But they do have to live in a reality now where it might not be that way. And sometimes there's setbacks. Sometimes there's scar tissue. Sometimes it just never comes back to what it was. I don't think that's likely. I think the likeliest thing is Brock Purdy will be back at some point you know, not too late in the 2023 season looking like he did before, but um, you have to hedge. So after last year's entire offseason of Trey's the guy, Trey's the guy, Trey's the guy, and you and I infamously noted during that offseason that it wasn't going super smoothly. In accurately. Accurately. accurately reported it. Yeah, we accurately reported that he wasn't super accurate that his arm was experiencing fatigue and that he wasn't consistent. Um, we've since been uh, now borne out to be true by including Trey Lance, who is disgusted. But um, so they have to have a, a plan C. I wondered if it would be Matt Ryan, if he'd want to do it, given his history with Kyle. I wondered if it would be a Dalton Brissett type of guy. They went a little younger. Um, interesting comparison, Darnold and Lance. Um, the one thing I'll give to Lance is that Darnold is not known for his intelligence. Not, th- I'm not, I'm not saying Sam Darnold's not intelligent. For the record, I'm just saying he's not known as a quarterback who just, you know, blows you away with his at the whiteboard. Yeah, right. a whiteboard. Where Trey, they saw something intelligence-wise before the draft that got them. Super, super fired up. So that gives me hope that maybe there's a jump to be made. So I think plan A is Lance is the guy, Darnold's the insurance. Maybe Lance starts a game or two, but Purdy's the guy. Plan B is, man, Purdy's not coming along great, but you know what? Lance stepped up. He's the guy, Darnold's the insurance. Plan C is Trey's not able to do it. He's going to have to be the backup. We'll go with Sam Darnold and figure it out. Plan A minus, as you know, and I will, I don't think it's likely, but you know, John Lynch is going to call Tom Brady in May or June and go, Hey, I know you said for good, but it's your hometown team because he's the perfect guy as a hedge against Purdy. If you don't think Purdy is going to be right next year, but you think he's the guy in the future, you can just right. do one year of Brady and still keep that same plan. Um, 
it's it's interesting to me that both the Niners and Miami have constructed their 2023 rosters to basically say we can win now if our quarterback thing works out. In the Niners' case, Purdy's elbow comes back or Lance makes a jump. In the Dolphins' case, Tua doesn't keep getting concussed. But, hey, Tom, wink, wink, we're built to win now. And if you came just for one year, whoa. No, you and I are leaning in the same direction. Um, I mean, that's why the backups, Darnold and Mike White, are not really super viable long-term pieces. They are your classic emergency starter, meaning if Purdy goes out, Brady steps in, nobody questions whether Brady's the guy, right? Right. right. Uh, Yeah, no, I totally agree. And again, so you and I can sit here and say Brady makes a lot of sense. I know they're going to at least try, but are we saying – do we know what Tom Brady's going to want to do? No, he said for good. So I'm, I'm assuming it's for good. I just know that if you were going to go back on that, you got two really attractive situations. One where your kids live and you have a place and one where you grew up and your parents live. So Jimmy G to the Raiders You know Jimmy G well. There's a lot of stories that can now be told because you don't have to cover him. (laughs) So I'll throw out what I've been told by the years by people in the building or around the building. He's a guy's guy. There are limitations on his arm. Despite being a pretty big, solid guy, he doesn't have much of a whip. Not terribly fluid, kind of mechanical. But he's a great locker room guy, um, kind of an alpha. Um, Could at times... Not be flaky, but disappear in the offseason. Um, they felt like he relied a lot on God's genetic gift to him. Size, chest, um, confidence. Wasn't a workaholic. Um, he's as good as he should be considering his commitment. Okay, um, so, so first of all, I love Jimmy. Like, I do. And one reason I love him is because I did write some of that uh, last August or September, I came out with a thing talking about how they have the press conference in 2018 after his five wins. They give him the money. He's the guy. And then they have the big, you know, celebration. And then he leaves and they don't hear from him again for months. And ghosting them over the offseason was habitual, except for the year they drafted Trey Lance. He was really attentive that offseason. So I wondered how that was going to go for me after I wrote that next time I saw Jimmy, it was all good. And, uh, you know, that's yet another, I, I do love Jimmy. I think he's awesome. I love his temperament. Yeah. I think he had the best temperament for Kyle Shanahan who gets really tightly wound and grumpy on game day. Sometimes not on game day. I think it rolled off Jimmy. Well, he was super popular. Um, I think his arm I don't. I, I would. I wouldn't say anything bad about his arm. His release is so good, and yeah. I don't think there are five other quarterbacks on earth who really throw it like he does in terms of release and short range, short to medium range accuracy. Like it's, it, you know, um, there were a lot of route or plays that were pointed out to me where it, people said it looked like Jimmy 
did went through his reads and led this guy perfectly. What might have happened here is Jimmy saw it late, but he gets it out so quick and so perfectly that it just looked like that. So yeah. um, I do think his arm is really good. Um, people have talked about his deep balls. I don't know. So anyway, um, is Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks who are not grinders. Um, one of them we suspect in Arizona because they put a clause in his contract about video games. One of them is trying to get a fully guaranteed deal now. We should talk about that by all metrics, he deserves relative to Deshaun Watson and he deserves to get paid way more than Daniel Jones, etc. Right. But I think one of the things hurting Lamar is this perception that he's not grinding in terms of off the field. And Jimmy is another guy who has uh, acquired that reputation. And, um, you know, will that change with Josh and Vegas? Probably if you look at how he acted when they drafted Lance, um, yes. And also, look, uh, I love I love Jimmy in 2022. I don't give an F, Jimmy, which was liberating. And I told him, you know, in late December when he was hurt, I said, dude, you realize that the most Niner thing ever is going to be for you to somehow come back and play the Super Bowl. Like, it just is. And there was a moment sitting in that stadium at the link early where I'm like, Purdy's out. Josh Johnson's in. Christian McCaffrey just ran through five dudes. They're tied. And I'm like, it's going to happen. Josh Johnson's going to win this game somehow. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back in two weeks and start the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. So it didn't get quite that far. But I don't want to discount what he did. He really bailed them out last year. He played at a Pro Bowl level. He got hurt. There was some tension after he got hurt. The way it was explained to me is that, um, you know, Trey Lance, who was hurt, was coming to every meeting and really was engaged with Brock. Jimmy's style was to not show up a lot. Um, Kyle had never specifically said, this is mandatory, get your butt in here. And so he wasn't disobeying anything. It was just a different approach. And it's possible that that's what Jimmy was taught in New England, by the way, that Bill's approach is when you're injured, just, you know, stay out of it. But that if there was any tension at the end, you know, it was a three-year breakup. So, of course, there was tension. But if there was tension at the end, Kyle, I think, was frustrated that Jimmy wasn't hanging around the way Trey was. So, I do want to move, um, segue into Lamar Jackson. Um, <clears throat> years ago, Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract. It was highly criticized, dubious, too expensive. Um, Minnesota was pretty desperate in a division with Aaron Rodgers. And so they offered it. And Kirk, you know, with a chip on his shoulder, said, I'm going to sign it. However, moving forward, nobody else offered a guaranteed contract, including the significantly more talented Aaron Rodgers. My takeaway has always been, I've seen this since I ran the volume. Uh, I'll make people an offer. I'm not going to offer you something just because I feel an inferior podcast company makes you an egregious offer, right? So Cleveland's a desperate franchise, much more desperate than Minnesota was with Kirk Cousins. I don't believe Baltimore, a highly functional organization, should look at Cleveland and go, well, they set the market. If you're not available on Sunday, I can't give you 
a fully guaranteed contract, right? You have to, I have to be guaranteed, you know, by and large, Brady showed up every Sunday. Favre showed up. Eli Manning showed up. Daniel Jones shows up. There are guys that get dinged up for a variety of reasons. I love Lamar, but um, I worry that it's now personal because he doesn't have an agent. And when you don't have an agent, it does get personal because you are discussing people who are, if not lamenting, they are discussing your weaknesses and liabilities face to face. That's why I have an agent, Mike, so I don't have to deal with these kind of conversations. hundred percent, which is why when you and I renegotiate our deal, we'll use agents and they can do all that crap. Take the uh, arrows for us. Exactly. Um, yeah. So first of all, I believe the Ravens are not shining organizationally. And I have been as big a fan of that organization publicly as anyone for a long, long time. I think they've botched this too. Um, I have written that they effed around and found out. They were willing to go into the season going, fine, we'll just play it out with Lamar. And does am I saying Lamar intentionally sat out all those games uh, to spite them? No, but he didn't have that feeling that he was taken care of. Um, and his coach came out publicly and was like, hey, I think he'll be back in a week or two. And which, you know, I don't love if I'm a player with a bad knee. And they lost a winnable playoff game potentially uh, against the Bengals. They didn't have him. Um, so they've botched it too. And if it's personal, maybe it's personal on their end too, but they've botched it. So let's let's assess, A, would it be easier if he had an agent? Yes, it would be easier. Doesn't mean he has to. Doesn't, you know, Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent and they got their thing done. It'd be easier, especially right now, gauging the market, all that. It would be better, I think, for everyone. But, you know, that's not my decision. Um is uh, I'm told, Colin, that Lamar's Lamar can't get past, and we've all been there, right, in our careers. Lamar can't get past. I'm better than Deshaun Watson, and I'm not screwing up off the field. Like, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I think he is. And he I is he, better than yeah, I, totally, I, absolutely. I, he's always been a better thrower than anybody wants to admit. Yeah, so the so the you know, Gene Hackman's fallen sheriff in Unforgiven says to Clint Eastwood, you know, I don't deserve this, and you know, Clint says deserves got nothing to do with it. You know, deserves got nothing to do with it. He deserves to get a guaranteed deal more than Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins. Yes. Uh, he deserves to get paid more than Daniel Jones, for heaven's sake. For heaven's sake. Daniel Jones, I mean, come on. That's that deal's not gonna age well. I'm sorry. But right. as you know, it's all about circumstance and leverage. And he could have signed after year three, gotten a bunch of money up front, and now be trying to renegotiate from strength. Um, he didn't do that. He didn't do what Kirk Cousins did and play out two franchise tags and put his organization in a box to the point where they blinked and took Alex Smith and he was free. Um, and they didn't do what Deshaun Watson, he hasn't done what Deshaun Watson did, and maybe he will, but Deshaun Watson showed up at training camp uh, uncomfortably with an organization that didn't want him, reporters hounding him about something he didn't want to talk about, um, and fans checking out a circus, 
And he knew he wasn't going to play. It turned out he wasn't going to play for, you know, almost a year and a half from that point. But by doing that and having the will to do that, he created leverage and the Browns were desperate and he got that deal. So, you know, you put all those things together and if you're Lamar Jackson, well, you don't have that kind of leverage or and you haven't exerted that kind of will. Now, could you? Yeah, you could say, I've not played for $32 million. Go ahead and have fun with Tyler Huntley. And I'm just going to sit and wait. I'm not saying he should, but he could. Do you think the Ravens, frustrated by it, would just say, we're going to move on. We're going to draft another quarterback because we like our roster, our culture, our coach, and our defense. You know, maybe, but I also think we're living in a weird world where, yeah, no one has stepped up and offered Lamar because, partly because a lot of teams think we're just doing the Ravens work for him. We're going to give him this deal he likes and they're going to match it. And we're going to alienate the people we have, the quarterbacks we have now who knew we were trying to replace him. So why would we do that? Um, if, if, if Lamar were free, first of all, different story. Second of all, let's be honest. Desperation isn't confined to the Cleveland Browns and there aren't that many really good quarterbacks, which is why you and I are talking about 93-year-old Tom Brady. Sorry, Tom. I know you're only 45. Yeah. It's why we're talking about Tom Brady. That's why we're talking about Lists and Aaron Rodgers. There are only so many transcendent ones. And I think Lamar's transcendent. I'll stick up for Lamar as a player. I think he's one of the very, very best. Um, he won 75% of his starts in the AFC. Yeah. The only, you know, I think there is a little PTSD from the Russell Wilson trade, honestly, because for 10 years yes. we saw a guy be transcendent, in my opinion. And then, oh, whoa, he looks nothing like that guy. And by the way, Geno Smith is now a pro bowler in his place. So that was, that threw people. But, at some point, if Lamar Jackson was like, I'm not playing for you, I'm sitting out, at some point, some owner or some GM or some coach or all three are going to be like, man, our quarterback stinks. We're all going to get fired. Or if you're the owner, we're going to lose. But we could go get that guy. Just go get him. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Middlecoff, as always, full of insight. Let's go to it. The Jalen Ramsey move, uh, a third and a basically a bust tight end from the Dolphins who just doesn't play much, is is that's not nearly – I'm not sure why they were so impatient. It feels like a salary dump. They're trying to clear something up to make a big move in free agency. That's what it, that's what it felt like to me. Now, I don't think Jalen Ramsey's ever been a guy I, you build a culture around at Florida State, Jacksonville, or L.A. He's just really talented. Um, yeah. But I think the guys that you build a culture around, um, like Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup, are harder to get rid of. Uh, talent comes and goes. And so I think Jalen's really talented. I, he's He had a very good last game with the Rams, an interception. Um you know, it's. I'm not sure if it was the best place for the Dolphins to spend money. They already have a corner people like, but their secondary is not very strong. They're all in. Um, yeah. But but for the Rams, it just felt like a. They're starting over. You know, they've got four sevens, four fives. They now have a second, two thirds. Uh, they don't have a first or a fourth yet. So they they got twelve draft picks. They're kind of rebuilding this puppy. Before we dive into my theory on the Dolphins and why I think I think this might be leading to something, one thing on McVay is, you know, the knock on Gruden over his tenure as coaching yeah. was very impatient. Yeah. You know, changes on you fast. LeBron has some of that in, you know, he loves the guy, then he starts playing with him, then he sours on him. And like, I don't have the theory that they're going to tank because McVay almost jumped off a bridge last year losing a little bit. He's not going to coach a season and suck. And he's too good to ever probably get the top two or three picks, especially next year with the with the quarterbacks. But, you know, he loved Matt Stafford two years ago. They traded yeah. for him. Then they extend him. Now he's banged up and it feels like, oh, they might trade him or that they would definitely listen to it. Well, so he was good enough to give all this money to. And a year later, things get weird. I, I'm a Sean McVay guy, but it does feel he's got a little Gruden in him that it, he'll change on you fast once he thinks you're not as good as he maybe thought six months previously. So I was told... A month ago, and I've said it on the air at Fox, I was told a month ago that the Rams were going to go heavy this offseason to the offense. McVay would come back if there was a commitment to, I'm an offensive coach, the league's pivoted to that, give me guys. So who do they get rid of? Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Floyd. They've moved off defensive guys. So they're going to draft. They have a second and two thirds. They're probably going to go after uh, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver. Uh, they may go after a running back. McFay's like, listen, if I'm going to come back for this thing and have to face the Niners, you got to get me some weapons. You got to get me some help yeah. on the offensive side. I mean, of all the people in the Ramsey trade, they got like a third string tight end. Uh, you know, I, th- I would have thought they would have gone to a backup edge because they don't really have an edge rusher. But, um, you know, I, Listen, McVay had a lot of success early. People that do often get impatient. They haven't had the long yeah. road, the, the the struggle like the rest of us, right? So, you know, I get it. I, you probably see that in tech. You see it in football. That You probably see it in Hollywood. When somebody hits it at 28, 32 years old, man, you, you, your standards and impatience rise. 
the Dolphins, I think over the weekend or maybe late last week, they picked up Tua's fifth-year option. I thought that was nuts, you know, yeah, given his the risk history. But then when they made this trade, I was like, well, I, I think you had mentioned last week, and it's come out since, you know, the Brady buzz is not going to die. Well, what did they right. do? They get Vic Fangio. They add Jalen Ramsey. They kind of have their backup plan long-term, just keep Tua under contract. Tom Brady ain't coming to San Jose. It's just not right. happening. Right. But Miami, he's already, he, you know, he's getting the taste of the life in Florida now for a couple of years, the no state income tax. I think the Dolphins buzz is about to pick up and they're equipped. I mean, now their defense was a question mark. Boom. At a star corner, you know, add Vic Fangio. I mean, that's this team. You see that, that clip of Tyreek Hill running, dusting those guys in the, in the 60 right. meter dash. So I, 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 you're the one that I, I think I saw a clip of you saying that the Tom Brady thing, well, people are, it's not going to die. Yeah. I mean, okay. So Tom, it's not like, you know, he's single now, so he's going to, he's not going to broadcast at Fox. He's going to sit around for a year, just watch football. Tom's connected. Um, and I just think, you know, people say, oh, you spend more time with your family. Kids after a while don't want to hang out with mom and dad. They want to hang out with their kids, their peers, right? So I, I think Brady, um, he'll step back. He works six months a year. I mean, he gets six months with his family. I know. And whenever you hear, you know, I'm going to go spend time with my family. It's like, you know, guys get off days, even in the season. Um, yeah. You know, you're not you're not at the facility all day. So I, I think if if you have a popular player, Tebow in Denver. And they brought in Peyton Manning. You, you got to go big. Nobody's going to question Brady fills in for Tua or Peyton Manning for Tebow because Tua will have success with Mike McDaniel's. Hell, he was leading in the Pro Bowl voting last year, right? So yeah. I, I I don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brady. I don't have it sourced, but I did have somebody I trust out of the building, not a, not a Fox employee, say, eh, he may play football. So you know, it was somebody who's smart, somebody I've trusted for years. Uh, so he obviously heard it somewhere. But I, I said this a year ago, and I'll say it again. I thought Aaron Rodgers in Miami made sense. I really did. Again, yeah. a big star because Tua's got his fans. Tua's going to have success. Nobody's complaining about Rodgers or Brady in Miami. And and I think sometimes when you replace a popular – I mean, let's let's face it. Last year, up until Thanksgiving, the Dolphins were one of the better stories in the league. I found pretty laughable the reaction to the Lamar collusion. No one wants him. Last year, Deshaun Watson was given $230 million. And we all laughed at it. Like, that's the most insane contract. Right. Only one or two guys in the league would do that. This guy wants that contract, and no one will touch it. Well, we just said last year that that contract that he wants is moronic. No one would do that. Right. Good player, but under no circumstances, if I owned a team or ran a team, I would trade for the player if I get him for a normal quarterback contract, but I, I can't pay him a guy who's been injured and it's not, he doesn't yeah. guarantee me anything. He's got one playoff win. Well, yeah. I mean, you want guaranteed money. You're not guaranteed to play Sunday of his last 22 games. He's missed 40%. He's missed 10. So yeah, that's a lot. I, I think, no, nobody wants to say this because it feels like you're taking a shot at Lamar's mom, but he needs an agent. Agents do two things. First of all, Teams are now taking shots at Lamar. Why? Because they don't, he doesn't have an agent. You would never take a shot at a star player because he has an agent and an agent represents lots and lots of people. So you don't want yeah. to piss off an agent because then he'll steer his clients against you or away from you. When you don't have an agent, and I've had several in my career, it, it, it's a vest. 
it's a little bit like a, a protective vest is that the agent keeps you out of the room with your boss so it doesn't get emotional. The agent makes sure they say nice things about you. A good, powerful agent matters. He's using his mom and reportedly now he's doing some of it. You know, he's moved her off that. It's like, dude, I, I, I got no, you know, if my mom represented me or yours did, they get emotional. We're their sons. So I think when he did that, you know, I tried to tread lightly and be respectful. You can't have a parent be your agent. Come on. Now, Charles Robinson wrote a really good article where he got a lot of unnamed people in the league, GMs and, and agents talking. And his point, listen, Mike McGlinchey is going to sign in a couple of days. The, the owner just gives the GM the thumbs up. But when you're doing a contract like this, 200 plus million dollars guaranteed, that's an owner run deal. And these agents go right to the owner. This is not the GM and the coach ultimately aren't the final say on this one. Right. Like they would be with a signing a wide receiver or this is the biggest contract that team will has ever given out in the history of the league, potentially. So that's coming from the owner and he has no direct path to the owner. I mean, it's just it's if me and you owned a condo for 200 grand, we could figure out how to sell it on our own. If We wanted a 200 million dollar piece of property. We'd probably get some representation to help us out on the deal. Right. Right. the, The amount of money that's on the line. Is too enormous. Like he, he's at a he's at a major disadvantage, and the Ravens know it, and that's why they did non exclusive tag. They go, we're not even going to pay as much, and we're not worried about people bidding for your services because you, you don't really know what you're doing. I also think the culture is so strong that between the GM, the owner, the roster, the defense, the assistants, there's kind of a feeling in Baltimore last year. I mean, shit, they went toe-to-toe with the Bengals twice at the end of the year with like third-string guys. And we're, Cincinnati needed a miracle touchdown to win Crazy. one of those games. So I think they look at themselves and think, you know, we're really at an A level in terms of drafting and developing. Um, if we have to go get Max Duggan in the second round or we have to go get somebody we like, we will. So, I mean, they've won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer. Uh, they they gambled on Lamar Jackson to some degree. You know, a lot of people thought he wouldn't be great. They've been able to find quarterbacks who others bailed on, um, who are different, and they've got success with all of them. So I always just sort of trust the Ravens to figure it out. Like I have totally a rule agree. in life. You don't have to always hire an expert. Hire smart people, and they'll figure out complex problems. Baltimore's really good at that. Speaking of a team that's trying to find their identity, the, the big trade, that the, the draft trade that happened, I guess, would that have been Friday night? Uh, on the Panther side, this feels like it's got Dave Tepper written all over it. Oh, you know, God, he's a yeah. financial wheeler and dealer. He's getting bored. He's getting tired of losing because – it's a lot to give up, Colin, for this Trevor Lawrence, not in this draft, you know, and, and they've even it's been reported. They don't even know exactly who they're taking. Last time the Niners tried to do something like that. That's <laughs> I would not operate Let's, making a trade without the player that, you know, just to figure out two or three guys. Yeah, this is one of those, you know, if Bryce Young hits, then it looks like a, a brilliant move. But I I thought Chicago essentially solved, you know, people banged on the Chase Claypool move. But now their receiving core is DJ Moore, Cole Komet, very capable young tight end, Darnell Mooney, a solid two, and Chase Claypool. So they don't really have to go after a wide receiver in the draft, and they've got multiple extra picks. So they can attack the interior offensive. They're going to get McGlinchey, the right tackle from the Niners. Yeah. 
by, you know, they drafted some offensive linemen last year. A couple of them can play, you know, they can kind of go solve their defense. So Justin Fields doesn't have to be in shootouts, but I mean, Cole Komet, Mooney, Claypool, but DJ Moore was getting a thousand yards a season with Kyle Allen, Darnold, Baker Mayfield. I couldn't believe, I understand giving away a first and two seconds, throwing DJ Moore. And by the way, so you draft a young quarterback. You just lost your best receiver for him. I didn't like that addition at all. I would have given you a corner. I'd have given you something. I would not have given you your best. I wouldn't. If I'm Carolina, I'm not giving you DJ Moore. They they just extended him last year. So he's under contract for the foreseeable future. I, I thought this is kudos to Ryan Pace because he can do two things. One, find out if Fields can play. Now he's got weapons. And if he can't. He has the Panthers pick. They're probably not going to be great. And if his team stinks, they'd have two high picks to go up and get one of these quarterbacks next year. So that yeah. they're actually getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, Ryan Poles is the kid. Um, um, and I did last year, he got a corner and a safety to start. Uh, he got a receiver, uh, Velas Jones out of Tennessee, who played at USC. I could have told him he can't track the ball. He couldn't at USC. He could never yeah. track the ball. So I still don't trust this organization to draft and develop offensive players. But I do think what happens after that trade, John, is now we have clarity. There'll be no more excuses. Um, their running backs are serviceable. Cole commits a very nice young tight end. Now you have a real grown-up wide receiver group. They're going to pay for a right tackle. Their offensive line last year rated 14th. It wasn't the Giants. It wasn't 32nd. It was 14th. And they're going to upgrade it so it's going to be a reasonable offensive line. What it gives you, John... Now, whatever Justin Fields does, this is the truth. He has more than yeah. enough talent now. You can't say he doesn't have this, this, this. Claypool, Mooney, DJ Moore are three very nice professional wide receivers. See, and I think on the Panther side, I, I you just wonder if, if Tepper gets involved on who they ultimately want to pick. And it's not the coach and not the general manager's decision. I think Bryce Young is an elite player. He's just short, yeah. which, you know, can be risky. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen him two years ago play. The, they played Georgia twice in, you know, a month and went toe to toe with them with a defense full of 11 pros and like yeah. first round pros. Yeah. But he's just he's just small. And, you know, Anthony Richardson, I was texting with Daniel Jeremiah because Anthony Richardson, I said, what round would those guys have gone in when you first broke in the league? Guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, who are just big physical guys, but you know, I have a long way to go. He's like, those guys would have been mid-round picks. Now, both of them are going to go in the top five. So this, this notion that, that that position, it's so nuanced, it's so hard. You, you can't just draft like you can a defensive tackle and hope he figures it out because time you know, and time they don't. And whoever they pick has this enormous pressure. I, I've seen it with Trey Lance. All these picks, the whole trade, it, it just hangs over you forever yeah. if things don't go well. It's hard. Well, the Colts, I think, should move up to three because if somebody moves up in front of them, they're going to get the fourth quarterback in an average quarterback draft. That would yeah. worry me. Now, again, there's Max Duggan's going to be a second or a third round guy. And there's a lot of people that think, you know, a team like Indy could get him. I'll tell you this uh, about um, I had somebody text me on this inside the league. It's pretty interesting. So I said, you know, Will Levis's family has some Ivy League connections. He's a four point student. He's big, thick kid. Good arm. And somebody texted me in the league and said, um, look how chiseled he is. He said, name the great quarterbacks that are chiseled. They don't exist. Is that yeah. when you get – you ever go You ever go to the gym and see a weightlifter try to play basketball? How stiff they are? 
There's no fluidity to him. No fluidity. And, and, and so this person said he is, this is a danger sign. He's jacked. He's ripped. And he comes off sometimes as a little bit stiff. He doesn't come off yeah. as fluid and he's strong. He's a smart kid, but the Will Levis stuff is interesting because, you know, there's so much of it you like Ivy league family, huge arm, you know, his, his numbers look like Eli Manning's out of Ole Miss, a non-traditional sec quarterback who, you know, like won 17 games in two years for a basketball school. It kind of feels Eli, but the person who texts me is just like, you know, Go look up the chiseled quarterbacks. It's like you see Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning with a, sh- a tight shirt on. They're, they they they're big. They got more of a chest, but you don't see you don't see ripped guys. It's not what the, the you have to be loose. That's why plyometrics and Brady. You've got to be loose. You got to be able to f- be flexible and move your feet, move your hips. And Levis is just ripped and jacked. All right, let's bring on Marcus Thompson. I, I've said this before uh, in my career. Um, my job is to tell you what I know, but I don't always need to know the why. Sometimes it's none of my business. Uh, the Andrew Wiggins situation is really none of my business. I know it's very serious. It's a family matter. What I was told, and now I have two people that have said um, it's really, really serious. The Warriors totally support him, but there is some doubt if he'll be available going forward. There's no certainty. There's real doubt. So let's bring in Marcus. Um, you know a lot more than I do. Um, I, I have been told it's in, extremely serious and the Warriors completely respect his privacy. And so, again, that's none of my business. I'm not talking anybody's fam. That's none of my business. Let's talk about availability. Um, you're reporting, you're sourcing, you're guessing. Is it a reasonable assumption that he would miss the regular season, but perhaps be a postseason participant? You know, it, it's possible. Uh, depending on who you talk to, there's some people who expect him to be back. There's some people who don't want to put that on him, right? Like, hey, do what you got to do. We don't really want to pressure you, right? You know, you got to handle this. The difficulty about that proposition of missing a regular season comeback from the playoffs is who you getting. I mean, that's two months, two months yeah. of no basketball. I doubt he's picked up the ball, a ball, right? I, I have to guess his conditioning wouldn't be great. So it would be a tall order to ask him. And then we don't know what his mental condition will be. We know this. This dude doesn't miss games. Like he just doesn't. I mean, his first six years, he missed like four total games. Like he, he doesn't miss games. So whatever it is, it's got to be, it's incredibly serious. Whatever it is, there's a locker room of dudes who want to win a championship who are like, Ooh, this is bad. Like you handle that. Like we're not even mad. So I don't know how, I don't know how you come back from that in the middle of a playoff setting and produce. I mean, we've seen crazy things, but that would be a lot to ask. So I think they just have to start preparing mentally for the fact that he won't be there. And if he comes like that's a bonus. 
Yeah, I mean, they wanted Jonathan Kaminga perhaps to develop. He's very twitchy, very athletic, can be very forceful around the rim. They wanted him to develop. He doesn't have the touch. He's not the defensive player yet of Wiggins, but he's wildly athletic. But if you could get 12 minutes a night, he didn't do squat in the playoffs last year because Kerr didn't trust him yet. Do you think Steve Kerr trusts him? Because Iggy now has an injury. How many minutes per night in a playoff game do you believe Steve Kerr would be comfortable with Jonathan Kaminga? I don't really think he has a choice. I mean, the other option is a two-way guy that they're probably going to convert Anthony Lamb. So, I mean, geez, Kaminga was the number seven pick. Uh, I, I do think he does a couple of things that the Warriors could use. Like, he's a ball pressure. He's good at that. So, at some point, they'll use him. I think it's somewhere between 12, 20 minutes, depending on how he plays, right? He'll probably get 12 baked in. Maybe 15. If they're not good, especially in that second half, then he just won't go back to them. Like, that's that's kind of how Steve has been. If he's playing really well, if he's giving somebody problems, now you up it. Uh, because they need it. They don't have a lot of other defensive options, right? Like, they don't have a lot of lockdown guys. I mean, here's the interesting part. Does Gary Payton second make it back? And how does that impact? Because if, if you don't get Wiggins and you don't have a GP2, the other only other guy who can do what they what they do is Dante DiVincenzo and and Jonathan Kaminga. That's it. The rest is like yo, I'm beating you off the dribble. So it's almost like yo, what, what do you have to lose anyway? Just run him out there. If you don't win, <laughs> you probably are the seventh seed anyway. So what did you expect? Well, Clay Thompson's having his best year in maybe six. He is absolutely great. Jordan Poole, DiVincenzo, uh, Steph Curry had 50 against the Clippers. So it's a team that's guard heavy. And if things don't work out with the loss, with the movement of Wiseman and Wiggins, they're a small team yes. and they're not going to be as good defensively. So, uh, you know, I've said this before. I, I've thrown this out there is that because Steph can still be on any night, the best player in the league on any night against anybody. Clay has rebounded with an all-star level second half and performance. Draymond is still a catalyst. Wiggins, we presume, would come back. I'll throw it out there. If they got into the playoffs and got pushed around by a big, um, forget Embiid or Giannis, I'm talking Jokic. They got pushed yeah. around a little bit by a big. They have the arsenal of guards now, especially scoring guards. They're not moving Steph. But Jordan Poole, um, you know, they've got enough guys they can move. This team, I still believe, believes we got a championship left. Could you see them going out and getting and I'll throw a big at you. You don't have to. um, He'll give you 22 points a night without designing a single play for him. Anthony Davis. And just say, listen, we know you're not giving us 38 minutes and we know you're not giving us 82 games. We're not asking that. And and because I look at the Warriors and I think to myself, right now, I've lost confidence without Wiggins and Iggy. I don't think I don't think they can get to the NBA finals. I don't. Now, the break is, of course, Marcus, KD's out. And, you know, that's a big thing. And I don't trust the Clippers. Have you let's start with this. Have you lost confidence in this team going forward, getting to the finals? Yeah, no, no question. Uh they, they can't win on the road. <laughs> they lose to teams they should beat. I always thought it was going to be tough anyway. Like, repeating is not easy. Like, it's not – that's right. why a lot, not a lot of teams do it. So, 
even if they brought back the same team, it's not like when they had KD and it was like, all right, we're we're about to repeat. Like normally it gets harder the second year. But now I I think they're uh they'll upset somebody, right? That third series though will be tough because whatever they do, it's gonna be on Steph, it's gonna be on Clay, right? It's gonna be on Draymond. And now it's like you you fight through one series, right? You upset somebody. You get another series. That's going to be harder. Now you can start to see it take toll. Because keep in mind, they've been playing hard all year. It's not, it's not like 2018, 2019. Right. Where they were chilling knowing like, all right, we, we're here for a finals run. Like, no, they've been, they've been trying to beat teams. So the difficulty I see is they've been putting in a lot of work. And I, on the back end, that catches up. We've seen this before, 2016. They chased 73, you know, got up 3-1, and the legs are gone, right? And that's obviously a, a, a better setting for them, but it's just tough to envision them winning three series to get to the finals and then winning a fourth one. Like, that's a lot. I just think they need to have a good showing, and if they knock off Jokic or knock off KD, that's something real. Now you're talking about, all right, Steph's still legit. Who we keeping out of – Draymond and, right. and, and and Clay, or maybe Draymond's like, yo, I'm out. I got I got opt out. Somebody wants to pay me a max. I'm out. Those are decisions. Here's I don't think the reason I don't think they're going Anthony Davis. The owner wants to go young. That's that was the whole Wiseman thing. I don't want a bunch of 35 year olds. So when they fall off, we're like a, a a lottery team again. He doesn't want to do that. He wants somebody young. He wants to swap out Steph and make it a seamless transition to the next guy. So I think he'll want a guy who's young and ready to play. He wanted Steve Kurtz to play the young guys this year. So like he, I don't think he's going 30 plus. He's going, he might go 25. That might be the compromise. Instead of 21, right. it'll be 25 instead. But it won't be, it won't be another 30 something unless he just decides let's ride the wheels till they fall off with Steph and them. So um, most have uh, observed and speculated that the Draymond pool punch created a bit of a rift and a chasm between young and old guys in the locker room. Um, And they note, and I think with some accuracy, that it's a bad road team. And on the road is where unity factors in. There's almost no explanation, Marcus, for being abysmal. Shit, they're as bad as the Rockets and the Orlando Magic and Detroit on the road. Do you believe it does does feel like this is maybe a clickier team, uh, that the gap between young and old is sizable? Oh, I thought that was, that was true from the beginning. I mean, it's like literally like a red sea in between them, right? Like right. you got the old heads who won championships, and then you have like the homeroom squad, right? You got the Hall of Fame, and you got the homeroom. They got six guys who like haven't done much before in the league, and then you have this super high bar of championship standard, right? It was already like that. Uh, I mean, just tangibly just thinking about who they are at their ages, right? Like, I mean, Steph is the nicest guy in the league, right? He gets along with everybody, but he's 35. He's got like kids and stuff. Like he's got IRA accounts. And business. Like he's not, he's not hanging out with 21 year olds. Like he'll do, you know, he can put his arm around the guy in the locker room and all that, but he's got teenage daughters. They just don't have anything in common. And I, I you could look in a locker room and you could say, Hmm, this is this is this team looks like they're having a bit of fun. There's some like gelling that you probably didn't think happened after somebody got rocked in, in training camp, right? But what you can't really 
there's this like un- intangible part of the punch that you can't quantify, right? Like what happens if they don't have that and they get off to a start and the chemistry's great and now they don't lose five straight road games to start the season. Like it's like, it's almost like not saving money. You know what I'm saying? You don't lose money, but you don't know, you don't know what you would have done if you would have invested it. Right. Like, so we don't know how that impacted the season. All we know is they got off to a rough start. It was kind of a mess and it felt like it set a tone for the season. So even if they're, fine now right even if they're like they've overcome it and gotten through it there was a cost that they paid that we can kind of see now and i and i think it began on the road first out the bat five game road trip they lose in the charlotte and orlando right like and they're playing like stephan it was not like they had a bunch of young guys they weren't able to close against bad teams to start that 0 five road trip set a tone so i think there is an intangible like cost from that even if they might have gotten through it in a sense. Uh, let's pivot back to um, Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, I, again, I put it out there. I, I had a couple of people tell me they, they doubted strongly he would return. And my takeaway is I believe people. Um, is it been an uncomfortable story for you because you are a journalist? You're a guy that, that is constantly looking to uncover things when you wrote your KD book, Steph book, you gave me nuggets that I never knew. That's what you do. Has it been hard to cover it knowing it's intensely private? Uh, the organization's not going to let it out, but your job is to cover stuff and uncover stuff. It hasn't been hard because this team just has 58 storylines all the time, right? So we can always fall back on, you know, right about Steph. <laughs> right about Clay, right about Draymond. But the difficulty is this is one of the rare situations where nobody's telling you anything. That's the difficulty, right? It's like, you know, they're they they've they've really kind of closed ranks. And this is the same team where they had a videotape leak, right? Like an unprecedented leak of a practice punch. So I think they just got so fed up that they were like, this is one we're going to stop. Right. And that, that to me is the most difficult part where it's like, you talk to people and the people who normally be like, Hey man, I'm going to tell you what's going on. Don't write it. Even they're like, yeah, we can't, we're not telling you anything (laughs) because just know it's bad and just trust us. Right. So in that sense, it's been, it's not difficult because like, I mean, these are pros, man. They won championships. You know, if there was a player who they thought should be on the court and wasn't on the court, they wouldn't know how to bite their tongue. Like Draymond would pop off on the volume, right? You <laughs> feel volume sports. Why is this guy not playing? So when right. these dudes who are professionals at the highest level, right, who are winners, they're like, nah, man, this is bad. Like we, we, we support them. We rock with them. We're not, we're not going to throw like, you know, throw them under the bus or anything like that. It's easy to trust them because you kind of know who they are and you know what they are. But I, I haven't been, it's been a long time, Kyle, since I couldn't find out like the inner details. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been a while. And, and that's a testament to Wiggins. Like Wiggins, he, he doesn't put himself out there like that. And that's just kind of been his, his deal. And some guys, like for most people, as you know, it's hard to shut people up. This whole industry runs on the fact that people don't know how to shut up. Right. right. So for Wiggins, though, like he doesn't put himself out there like that. He's very private and they are respecting it. And I kind of I respect them for that. Right. Like I respect them for saying, nah, not a not in this situation. 
Because, you know, they've literally had fights in practice that we found out about. Literally. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.